Hey guys, it's Charles here with the Barbershop Group Podcast. I know that a lot of you all are looking forward to uh, getting things back to normal. And that was the direction that we were headed in. But unfortunately, it looks like there is an uptick in uh, virus cases in probably 20 or 30 states around the country. And that's really unfortunate. And, um, you know, on a previous podcast, I mentioned that I lost several family members uh, who were ill and contracted COVID-19 and subsequently um, they passed away. And so uh, this thing is very real for a lot of people. It's also real for kids. And uh, I don't come in here often and talk at length about kids, but I think that we we should, I should, you know, being a dad, um, there are definitely some experiences that I've had, some, some things that I've witnessed, even in, you know, my own children and, and the children of others, right? That we could probably stand to address. We know that it's a trying time right now. We've got the virus, this pandemic that we're dealing with. We've got civil civil unrest that we're dealing with. People are pensive and angry and tired and we're all uber aware and, and sitting on pins and needles about so many things that are going on in the world today. But I think a lot of times we forget about the kids. We forget to check in and earlier, um, I mentioned something about checking in with the children and talking to them about something other than racism and racial issues and, and about talking to them about something other than the pandemic, right? But when it comes to uh, the pandemic, you know, and, and, and children being home, I've got to tell you guys, my older kids, um, they're not bugging out in the least. They've got their laptops, they've got their, their Kindles and pads and YouTube, they're just fine. They are uh, doing some of their summer school stuff or working on their personal development things. And uh, they're great. They love having the time to just be bums, right? Uh, But for my little ones, well, life is a little different. In fact, life is now starting to get extremely dull, cumbersome, and even though I'll use uh, adult language, I can see the look on my my kids' faces, and they're pretty much like, you know what, Dad, WTF. Like, I just want to go outside. I want to go to the playground. How come I can't go to the community center where we were going to sign up and play ball? Because I've got a got a, an eight-year-old, as of today, who loves to play basketball and is learning everything that she possibly can about Kobe Bryant, right? How about that? So she's like, let's just go play ball. And I'm saying, hey, wait a minute. Maybe that's not such a good idea. You know, we got no school. We got no play dates, no pool outings, not a camp in sight. Um, If if your kids were doing stuff like that, yeah, well, it's not happening anymore unless you're well-to-do. Like some of the people in upstate New York who were putting pressure on summer camps to open up because they were just tired of dealing with their kids. Yeah, you're probably not that parent right your kids are home with you you know um we we obviously have been talking to all of our kids right you know everybody's talking to their kids about the pandemic um but there's a little problem in that we're normally talking to them and not responding to their questions you know and and i think that that's something that we at this point we need to do because the writing on the wall of signs that we see on this this roadmap indicate that this pandemic is going to be similar to um, the the Spanish flu 
as much as people wanted to debate about it before, I, I think now they're starting to recognize that this thing is probably much more serious than um, their cavalier attitudes um, indicated. Even now in the United States, uh, the U.S. president, uh, President Donald Trump, uh, is taking increased measures to avoid getting uh, the virus in the White House. <laughs> and uh, this is coming from an individual who previously um, didn't think that it was going to be such a big deal. Right. Um, so even for him now, it's a major deal. So I wanted to talk just a little bit about talking to kids about the pandemic. You know, our job as parents isn't to provide uh, certainty in a time of uncertainty. It's just it's real. We don't know what's going to happen. It's our job to help kids tolerate it, you know, and in order for us to help kids tolerate it, we have to be fairly decent ourselves. Right. We've had to have a lot of patience. We've got to kind of line some ducks up. We've got to have a certain level of emotional IQ in order to uh, to address these things. You know, my kids, and I'm not bragging, but my kids aren't dumb. They're not stupid, and your kids aren't either. You know, they're not obtuse. They probably hear or see you discussing issues of COVID-19, um, and, and they know that this is not something to play with. You know, just today I took my little ones to the grocery store, and they grab their mask quickly. Hey, I got my mask. It's tied up. I'm ready to go. They know. They um, they know when they go in the stores. They're not touching on a lot of a lot of things. Try to get them to use the restroom at home before we go. Um, got wipes and you know some of you know that on the side I have a cleaning business and so I've got some things that I carry with me to make sure that things that uh, are are that they touch or disinfect, especially in the bathroom. You know, so we have to have this conversation. They see it on social media. I try not to expose them too much to it. Um, they really don't know everything about the virus. I talked to my eight-year-old and she said, you know, I know that it's something that's making people really, really sick and the doctors can't fix it right now. And I'm like, okay, that's as far as we need to go. I'm glad that you understand that. Let's go play Uno. You know, I, I don't want my kids to be overburdened by it. But I don't want my kids to be unaware. So <clears throat> I, I want them to try to enjoy daily life and not worry so much about the things that I might be worried about or worry so much about the things that, um, you know, other people might be worried about or something that they may see uh, in the news or what have you. Um, you know, one of the things that I do with all of the kids is I like to go on uh, walk talks. <laughs> and these are just times where I take, you know, one or two of them out at a time and we walk around the block. We don't go far. We don't have to go far. But the objective is to get out and just have an opportunity to get them in a relaxed situation and ask them some questions, open ended questions about what they're feeling, about what they're seeing. Um, to try to ascertain, you know, to try to ascertain whether or not they are losing it. If they just, they can't deal with it. It's so stressful to them that they just got to, you know, uh, decompress, you know. Um, and I ask open-ended questions of them. Uh, I don't try to direct the conversation at all. 
because I think that in doing so, it doesn't really allow them to to express themselves fully, obviously, right? I have to withhold any of my own worry and any of my own anxiety in order to connect to my kid. So I asked them, you know, what did you learn about today? Notice, didn't say anything about COVID. Or what is something interesting or funny that you heard today? What was the most fun thing that you did? What are you looking forward to tomorrow? You know, or maybe what was something that was hard for you today? Was it difficult making your bed? Did you forget to take a bath or a shower? Did you do your chores? Did you get along with your sister or your brother? You know, what happened? Did she say something mean to you? These are the types of things and that I asked. And what was said that was mean to you, right? What got in the way of you doing something that you really wanted to do today that was fun, right? Ask questions like that. Open up a different type of conversation with them. And I think that what that will do is kind of like lead to other types of conversations. But this gives them the opportunity to kind of be the driver. Because in a world of uncertainty for everybody, one of the things that we panic about is not being in control. So one of the things that I suggest is giving our children the opportunity to experience as much control as possible in this environment today. That's really, really huge. Now, I've got to tell you, one of the things that I never do is try to have serious, serious conversations with my children, especially the little ones at night. It just doesn't work out too well for <laughs> some little people who already don't want to go to bed. The last thing you want to do as a parent is put something heavy on their mind and then it's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to bed. I'm going to get a drink of water. And if you've got kids, you know that that drink of water is just a stall tactic to keep them from going to, going to sleep. Because now you've got something else that you put on their minds and they're just like, you know what? Can I go to sleep in your bed? And you got to get up early to go to work. And yeah, it just doesn't work out well. So try to avoid talking to them late at night like that, you know, before before bedtime. Like I said, I do a lot of walk talks. Just they work out great because I can just walk around block and let them talk to me. You know, it's it's just something about seeing the grass, hearing some birds, a cool car passing by, maybe another kid on a bike that just does something for a child's curiosity and for their ability to express themselves, you know. Now, if your kid is unable to express themselves through uh, methods like, you know, verbal communication, obviously, some are still young, they're learning. I have a five-year-old who struggles with it. So I use a chart. It's a feelings chart. I think it's very good for a lot of kids, but I also think it's extremely good for a little boy like my son who is very rough, very tough, loves to run through walls, wrestle, gets angry, but can't really say anything about how he feels. So the feelings chart makes it a little easier for dad and son to communicate. Find those. You can find them all over the internet. You can sit down and color the chart with your child. It's just a really cool tool to, uh, to use. You know, one of the things that I tell everybody is, is if you can name it, you can tame it. So that's where the feelings chart comes in. Um, we want to try to help kids 
stay in the moment. Don't get too wrapped up in the stresses of life or, or what they see us responding to. We want to try to give them every opportunity to enjoy their adolescence, despite some of the uncertainty that is surrounding us today. So I just wanted to talk to you guys about that. Um, it's very important that you take time out of your day as much as you can to let them check in with you and to de-stress, right? To go to another place in their minds where the world doesn't feel or look so bleak to them. So guys, that's all I've got for you today. I hope that you all will be well. As I always say to you all, love yourself more, love your people more, be well. We'll talk to you soon.